Hey there, Fangirl Nation. It is Tracy, your 49ers fangirl, joined as always by Steph, your Jags fangirl. Hey, Steph. Hi, Tracy. How are you doing today? I am good. I am good. 49ers had a very big win yesterday, which actually I want to talk about, not that anybody but 49ers fans care, but there's <laughs> something in that that I want to talk about um, just in terms of draft pick, winning, losing. And we've talked a little bit about it before, but I'd like to talk about it more. Um, but it was, it was a very big win. Your Jags, however, are just really having a rough time. Oh yeah. It's, um, I think they were voted the most disappointing team <laughs> of the season. And it's true. I mean, most Jaguars fans went in with such high hopes, you know, coming off such a great season last year, you know, they were mathematically eliminated, you know, a couple games back, but at the same time, I think any team fan wants their team to at least show up. And you know, there are those fans that, you know, just look for draft, but I just don't, I don't see it that way. And I don't think players see it that way. And I don't think teams will ever see it that way. I don't think so at all. Um, and we'll, let's get into that a little bit later. I want to talk about first teams that are actually going somewhere fast as opposed to our teams that are going nowhere fast. Um, but I do want to get into the discussion a little bit later. The playoff picture is starting to take shape. Uh, we are through week 15, and it is going to be a very interesting January. We're seeing some new blood in the playoffs this year uh, and some new blood that can go very far in the playoffs uh, that I think is going to make for uh, a very fun, interesting January into, of course, early February and the Super Bowl. So let's actually start in the AFC where the Steelers beat the Patriots. And you know my motto, you never count out Tom Brady. However, the Patriots are struggling. Yeah, you know, that it's it's true. They are. I mean, we knew um, they had some issues with weapons for Tom Brady. And even though he is Tom Brady, it's, you know, they're definitely having some struggles on defense. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, I... I'm not the biggest Patriots fan, as you know, because I want to see some new blood. I want to see some new blood in the playoffs and definitely the Super Bowl. That's for sure. Well, and I think, you know, you very well might. A team that is kind of under the radar. Well, there's a couple teams that have under the radar been very, very hot. Those teams are the Houston Texans mm -hmm. and the Los Angeles Chargers, who had a big win over the Chiefs the other night. and are very much a force to be reckoned with. I mean, it is the idea of an AFC championship game being played at the StubHub Center, which actually wouldn't be called the StubHub Center at the time, uh, because I believe that contract runs out December 31st, so it'd have a different name, but there are 25,000 seats in that stadium. So I imagine if that is the case, they're going to have to move things around. But we are putting a lot of carts before a lot of horses. That being said, the Chargers are legit and they are for real, and I think they could really surprise some people in the playoffs. A hundred percent. I mean, when you you know most of the NFL teams left over only have about two games remaining, but you know there's so many ways the season could end, and it's only a few games really matter for each of the contending teams. There's a few that have it down on lock, but it's really possible to depict all kinds of options with the way you know things are going. The Chargers they kind of have been the under like scoring like just under the radar like you said but they keep coming out and winning against the Chiefs in the, such a big way and it was a great game 
but it really showed that they're will, willing to get it done when it mostly matters and, you know, when it matters and when, you know, under the big spotlight too, you know, some t- teams will fold under that, but not the Chargers. And that was great to see, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, the Chargers are definitely a more complete team than the Chiefs top to bottom because they do have such a strong defense as well as a strong offense. And one thing we've talked about all season long is can that Chiefs defense really take this team far? Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is like not from this world and is unbelievable. I mean, he's on one leg throwing touchdown passes while not looking. Um, I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. But as they get farther into the, as they get in the playoffs and then in the playoffs, you're always playing a playoff caliber team. Can they take this team far? I think the Chargers are a more complete team. The Texans are another team that are a more complete team. And it's possible that those teams are going to be able to, to beat out teams like the Patriots who are struggling so much on defense and struggling with weapons um, or teams like the Chiefs who have a not a great defense. And then, of course, you mentioned this before the pod, but the Steelers. Yes, I mean, I think that the Steelers and the Ravens are both very interesting because, you know, the Steelers are on top of the AFC North and if they want out, that would definitely guarantee a playoff berth and they would get the division title. But if they lose one of their remaining games, they need some help from other teams that have to lose or win to make it worth, you know, to make it in. So it's really kind of crazy how many options this has. I think the Ravens similarly they're eight and six. The best possible outcome is the number two seed, but they have a chance of actually not even making the playoffs. So it's like they're on this like teetering, you know, space. So it's really interesting to see how these can play out because there's so many variables. And even the Browns, I, you know, I, I kind of like put them out in my mind a while ago, but it's actually possible for them to get a number six seed, you know. So it, it's just amazing to see how many possibilities can go at this point. So, you know, it's just for simplification. It's just you will we'll wait and see. But, I mean, like you said, the Texans are, are definitely um, – there's so many um, ways it could go. And, and these, these teams, what matters, too, is even once they get to the playoffs, they're going to be fighting for that seed, home field advantage, all those things. So it all matters. Every single game – from here on out, it's going to matter to every single team. And that is actually something maybe we haven't seen in a while. I Though, first, I want to get back a little bit to the Browns. I would say the chances of them making it are very slim because they're 6-7-1, and one, and even if they went out, I think they, they are one of those teams that need uh, help from other teams. But that being said, the Browns are relevant in December, and that has been – it's been a very long time than that. Right. And it's not like – Oh my gosh, they're six, seven, and one. They're really fighting, but they're relevant. You know, if few things go this way, they went out, then all of a sudden the Browns are in the playoffs. And I think for Cleveland fans, the long-suffering Browns fan base, um, I think that's very exciting and very exciting for the future. I mean, it looks like they have found their QB. They have the real deal in Baker Mayfield. Uh, they've made you know other good moves, and it'll be fun to watch them. I think it'll be fun to watch the Browns in years to come. Um, but who would have thought it that the Browns would be at a point, I mean, we're mid-December, I mean, and the Browns are relevant, which is pretty um, awesome. But you said something that I think is very interesting. Every game matters. 
all of a sudden every game matters. You've got the Colts. You've got the Titans who are very up and down. The Dolphins, we're still still on the AFC here. Every yeah. game matters for all of these teams, even for the Chiefs, even because they're eleven and three, and the Chargers are eleven and three. And I believe the Chiefs win on strength of schedule, but it's just that it just matters for everybody. There's no, there are those who are locked in to make the playoffs, but nothing else is really locked in right now. Right. I mean, the Chargers scenarios are sort of like the Chiefs. They're in the playoffs. Both teams are definitely in the playoffs, but are they going to be the number one seed or are they going to be the number five seed? And so, like I said, it's going to matter, you know, as, as things happen. So every game they're going to want to win. And at this point, those teams are going to want to win out. And then you have teams like the Cowboys who are going to come and just put a, a, a wrench in somebody's season, you know? So it's just like, you never know how it's going to go. It's, it's always, um, and even the, you know, Eagles, like even, even them, it's possible for an eight and eight Eagles team to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're necessarily going to win out. So it's just, it's not, nothing's, um, Nothing's just done deal, but wild cards are, are always fun to watch because the contenders are really the Panthers, um, the Vikings, um, Seahawks most likely, but they would get the wild card if they don't win. The, you know, there's a lot of different, um, like the 49ers just sort of mess with the Seahawks this week. Which the 49ers was put a wrench in the Seahawks plans. And since, since you brought it up, I think we should talk about it. The 49ers had not beaten the Seattle Seahawks since 2013, which is truly unbelievable. And actually, it's obviously I knew that it had been 10 games. But somehow five years sounds like more than 10 games, even though the is two games a season. But, I mean, that's really unbelievable. And the Seahawks came to Levi's Stadium yesterday and should have handily won. They embarrassed the 49ers two weeks ago. I mean, DeForest Buckner said that yesterday. They flat out embarrassed us. And they came into Levi Stadium and lost to the 49ers in overtime, as you pointed out and as I pointed out in my article, against the 49ers' third-string quarterback and taking nothing away from Nick Mullins, who I think has really stepped up and played exceptionally well, especially considering he started the year on the practice squad and what has gone on around him on that team. But it was rather incredible. I mean, it had all the makings of I mean, the foreigners are four and 10, so it's like only so much drama, but you know, it was raining. You had Sherman, Nick Mullins, Russell Wilson. I mean, it was just like the whole thing was like, it was just scripted beautifully and a huge win for the Niners, um, but really put a huge wrench in the Seahawks because now if they lose, they play the Chiefs this weekend and then they play the Cardinals. So even if they win one and lose one, they may not go to the playoffs. Um, and it's just it's just going to depend. Of course, the Redskins would have to win. Panthers have to win. Eagles have to win. I mean, I think the Seahawks are in a better position than a lot of these other teams around them. But like you said, every game matters. And I think even we saw the Rams have now lost two in a row. I don't think there's necessarily reason to panic. They also finish out their season against the Cardinals and the 49ers. So most likely they will win both, both of those games. However, not only have they lost a couple games, but they've seen their quarterback, Jared Goff, really struggle. Um, and it is just going to make for a very interesting January. And then, like, the Bears, um, who've won 
two big games. Well, they've won multiple big games. That defense is incredible. I mean, to me, I a little bit now have my dark horse Super Bowl being the Texans and the Bears, even though I don't think the Bears have a good enough offense to get there. I mean, that would not be what we saw coming <laughs> in the last several weeks. But yeah, I mean, the Bears have been kind of hot and cold, but I mean, the Bears have, you know, Chicago's, I don't know. They've impressed me this season in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I feel like they're still a tough team to beat. I think there's, um, I, I, you know, the, in all sincerity, the Seahawks are probably going to make the playoffs. Um, a lot of things would have to go wrong, but, you know, we have seen stranger things. So, we've you know, definitely seen stranger things happen. A lot of things would have to go wrong, but, um, but I don't know, you know, if they lost to the Chiefs and beat the Cardinals, if they finish the year nine and seven, um, I still think they're probably going to make the playoffs because I don't, I, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't, I think, I don't think the other teams that are around them have been consistent enough. So they probably yeah. will. But, you know, the playoffs will be interesting. And something we saw with Chicago and the Rams last week that's kind of interesting, of course, is the Rams really struggled in the cold. And that is something that you can't discount, especially in January. So <laughs> if you're in January in Chicago, I don't, I think the bears are not, if they got to like late in the playoffs, they're not going to be playing in Chicago, but in the earlier round, you know, that will be a real advantage for them. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And um, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things that are, that are going on. And, you know, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to just, it's going to be fun to watch because there's so many different variables. Um, I I have my fan favorites. I now I'm pulling. I've become a semi Chargers fan since my Jags are out, and so it's I'm excited to see how well they're doing and like under the radar. And pulling off that win against the Chiefs was huge, and I think it really showed so much. So um, they're my new uh, adopted team. So Chargers fan girl will be happy to hear that I'm on her well, side. Well, Shelby will be very happy to hear that. I mean. Of course, a lot of people are talking about, could you imagine an all-LA Super Bowl? I mean, it would be kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't know who I, I live in LA. I don't really know who I would root for. I actually, I think I'd root for the Chargers, actually. Um, yeah, I would root for the Chargers, and this is why. The only reason I would is I feel like they, that fan base has never really received so, I mean, they've just, it's been a long-suffering fan fan base along with like the Browns you know yeah. and then they moved away from them and so there are some fans that have stuck by them you know through thick and thin and that's probably why I would root for them I you know uh San Diego is sort of my uh, transient city so I of course uh I'm rooting for them <laughs> I still think though I think it's going to be the Saints I think Saints are going are the team to beat in the NFC um and I think I think in a if it was a Saints Rams NFC Championship game, um, I give the advantage to Drew Brees just because he's been there. Um, it's not taking anything away from Goff. I mean, I know Goff has struggled, struggled the last couple weeks. I don't think there is any reason to panic um, at the Coliseum, but I just I just would give it to Drew Brees. Also, I believe that that game would probably take place depending on I guess again depending on how the season plays out. Um, but especially if that place that game takes place in New Orleans, then I think for sure it goes to the Saints. But I just give that advantage to Drew Brees. I just he's been there before. Um, he's nearing the end of his career probably in the next few years. 
Um, and so maybe it's just the sentimental part of me who would like to see him win another Super Bowl, but I would give the advantage to the Saints over the Rams, but you know, it's close. It's not like a, there's no doubt about it. It's just, I don't right. know, kind of somehow a little bit see uh, Drew Brees in a Super Bowl. So in another Super Bowl. So we'll see. But again, I'm not giving up on my dark horse Texans Bears Super Bowl, which I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure CBS will just be thrilled with that one. <laughs> just with me. Never know. You never I know. know. I mean, and I think, you know, speaking of the Bears, I think it's worth talking about. Talk about a trade that has made a difference for a team. I mean, I tell you, I think about that all the time because I was sort of one of those. I was just taken aback that you trade your best player away. I don't care how much he's asking. You pay the man. And I understand the, the dynamics is they just paid car and this and that. But, you know, even if you have dead money, I mean, this is an organization that just got rid of a lot like Jamarcus Russell money, dead money, like a couple of years ago, you know, so it's like, how do you not pay somebody that is a, you know, once he's he's just one of those dynamic players, you know, once in a generation pass rusher that come around. And I just think that he's I, I just still can't believe they let him go. And then for the Bears, I mean, obviously it's worked out pretty well for them. It's been a, it's a complete game. That team would not be where it is today. There's just no 100 percent. And it's, it is rare to have a game changer like that, especially, I think, on defense to have a defensive player who's that much of a game changer, but he has absolutely just put new life into that team. I think a lot of people had high hopes for them this year, but maybe not this high of hopes. I think also, of course, there were a lot of high hopes for the Vikings who did not pan out, which meant, and and for the Packers. So that meant the NFC North um, all of a sudden was in a very different position than maybe everybody thought it was going to be in on September 9th. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's, you know, very impressive. And that defense is fun to watch. And the thing with the Bears, and I think this is very true of the Bears, would say the Saints, uh, the Rams, the Chiefs, and a lot of other teams, of course, but those are the ones that jump into mine right now, and the Texans. These teams are having fun. And that is something that I think sometimes we underestimate. Back in the days when the Seahawks were so dominant in the NFC, and especially in the in those beginning years of the rivalry. Um, And then of course, as the Seahawks started to dominate, one thing that you really saw is that the Seahawks were having so much fun playing football. And of course, being a good team and success is always going to be fun. But there's a, you know, there was just like a different kind of thing. And I think we see that a lot right now that these teams are having fun and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things going right. Um, you know, I've been a fan of Vic Fangio for a long time. Um, and of course he's you know heading up that defense over in Chicago, and I think coaching matters. I mean, it takes. We had a podcast once. Um, with I can't remember, long suffering Browns fan. Yeah, and he the, yeah, and he had the best point. He said, so much has to go right for you to win a Super Bowl. That's how hard it is. I mean, and when you look at like when the 49ers were so dominant for so, you know, for their five years, you know, when they were going to have three AFC or NFC championship games, you know, mm-hmm. and a Super Bowl game, they had a lot going right and they still couldn't pull it off. You have to have a little bit of luck and it's just so difficult to do it. 
So I think you have to have fun. You have to have the squad, of course. But then they have Vic, you know, Fangio over there. There's so many good things going for them that you can kind of see it happening. And same like with, with the Saints, you know, you have um, a lot of things going right. And, you know, the teams that are kind of pulling it out right now are the teams that are their their coaching's on, their team is on, you know, their draft picks have been on, you know, everything's been on for them. So I think there's, that's what you can kind of make out of everything. Not everything goes smoothly for every team. When it's on, I mean, you, you're in the hunt. And I think that's the, the point of it. A hundred percent. And of course, when things are going right, they continue to go right. I mean, I know 49er fans talk a lot about, oh, there are so many injuries and, you know, this and that. And, and I think what happens is, is on teams that aren't quite there yet and without, you know, without a lot of depth and, you know, and then play calling gets questioned. The reality is when you start, you know, when one top player gets injured and then another top player gets injured and then maybe not a top player, but another starter gets injured, all of a sudden you now have guys in positions that were not meant to be starters. And because of that, yes, more people get hurt because assignments are missed. And there's miscommunications on the field. Um, and if a play goes wrong, you don't know all the things that were supposed to go right. For, like if that play had gone right, there was actually, there was a play yesterday in the Niner game. Um, there was a sack on Mullins. Um, and there, it was, a, I mean, you know, I'm sorry, it was a running play. And had McGlinchey made his block, the play would have been genius. But McGlinchey missed his block and he got stuffed. And that was that. So, you know, it's like, there are so many other things you know, that have to go right on a field. But I think that's something that we forget. And yes, part of it is a little bit of luck. And of course, building a roster with depth so that maybe the next man up maybe wasn't meant to be a starter, but can totally do the job as opposed to you're up. Good luck. You know, you're going to run in there. Um, and I think that is, I think that is something that you and I have seen on, on both of our teams, but you know, it's, I think it's, it's an interesting kind of conversation too. And maybe it's just interesting to us, but whatever, we're the ones doing the pod right now. I think on our teams, there's a, there's a big difference. Cause I think something you've seen with the 49ers, is they've never given up on their coach. They've never given up on each other. And it seems like in Jacksonville, They've all given up on everything. And yeah, there's a lot of talk. I mean, there's a lot of talk even that, you know, Doug Marone is gone and there's a talk, you know, and we've already lost the offensive coordinator, you know, the starting quarterback has been benched, you know, um, they they let go of Barry Church, you know, they waived him, which at the beginning of the season we were all like hyped about the Jackson five. And it's like how things turn so quickly, you know, and um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things, you know, um, there's a lot of good things on that, on that team, especially on defense with, you know, Miles Jack and, you know, Yannick Nagakwe and, and of course, Kalis Campbell, but there's, there's a lot of things that need improvement, especially on offense. So, but it's true. I mean, there's a lot of, um, not quite the kumbaya spirit that I thought it was going to be, you know, it's at not. the start of the season. <laughs> and that I think is something, and I think this brings me to the point a little bit that we talked about earlier in the pod that we were going to come back to is like, I know yesterday there were a lot of 49er fans upset that the 49ers they likely will not have the number one draft pick. As you have said many times, athletes do not think that way. Coaches no. do not think that way. They are competitive no. and they play to win. 
But a win like yesterday for the 49ers to me is is even more important. They're still going to have a high draft pick. And they still have a lot of money in free agency. But that win was a team win and is such an important win going into next season. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. so important to a team like the 49ers that's rebuilding for a few reasons. But, you know, when you're talking about free agency and when teams want to come, they want to come to a team that's hungry, wants to win, not just like focuses on the one draft pick. People, you know, players play for the number on their back because they're also looking for their salaries, where they're going to go next year. There's no way a team tanks and you will never be able. And there was somebody um, on Twitter <laughs> that like, was like, you're crazy if you think that the team's not talking about it. And I'm like, you're crazy if you think that the players are going to buy into such a scheme because the pl- players are playing for the number on their back and the, for their next contract and for their bonuses and for every single yard that's in their existing contract. There's so many things that they play for that it's it's insane to think that players would buy into the idea of tanking. That's not how the NFL is is engineered. And so, it's their livelihood. And it's not even just their livelihood in terms of like playing for a position and playing for their job, which obviously, of course, is a major part of their livelihood. But also a team tanking, especially in a sport like football, is a recipe for injury. And no football player is going to play in a way that potentially subjects him to have a career-ending injury. And that's what happens if you tank. I mean, that's that's just kind of the reality of it because people aren't playing up their potential, not protecting, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot at play there, but no, players are not thinking that. And if you don't believe us, go to my Twitter and see the video I repeated of the 49ers locker room after that game. And you tell me that those guys were re- weren't thinking about winning. I mean, that was, you know, incredible. And I think, you know, something that everybody of course talked about after, and they were always all asked, like, you know, was it extra special for Sherman? I mean, the fact that they're playing for each other, that teams don't think like that. Athletes don't think like that. And you know what? The reality is a fan would not really want an athlete that didn't think like that on their team. I mean, that's, yeah, a, that's a Monte Davis retiring at halftime kind of thing, which by the way, seems like that was three years ago, <laughs> earlier this year. <laughs> um, which actually, funny enough, the Bills were playing the Chargers in that game. <laughs> we're getting beat so bad by the Chargers. That he retired at halftime. So there's a little fun fact. Um, but teams that teams like who are still playing to win and are that excited to win are the teams that next year and the year after that we're talking about in December, looking at the playoff picture. Teams that tank, in my opinion, which I don't think anybody does that, but reality is a team that would do that is a team that would always stay bad because that's not like a championship winning attitude. Right. It's just, it's not, it's just not a competitive way to be. And anybody that's played like competitive sports or, you know, even, even if you do it in college, which you're not being paid, it's not your livelihood. There's no way you're going to lose. I mean, there's just no way. I, I don't, I, not when you get, especially when you get to that, you know, you're at the top echelon of your field, right? You're uh-huh. the top of the best of the best, right? There's no way you're going to do that. So that's just my opinion, and uh, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna waver on that. <laughs> I am with you 100. percent And as someone who is around the team all the time, in the locker room, at practice, right. in post game press conferences, I can assure you, it's not a thing. It's a fan thing. It is not yeah. a thing. 
Um, so there's that. And with that, I think we've said all we needed to say, at least for this week. (laughs) Um, so we will be back in a couple of weeks to preview the playoffs. The picture at that point will be 100% clear. Uh, we will be off next week. So I'd like to wish Fangirl Nation a very happy holiday season. And Steph, same to you. All right. I'm excited for what's coming up. And, of course, we have NBA coming up, so I'm very excited. Yes, we do. So, and uh, we will be covering, starting to cover the NBA in mid-January. So keep an eye out for your favorite team's fangirl um, because we have lots of exciting things coming up in 2019. All right. All right, so I can't really say go Jags anymore except for do your best, Jags. Do your your best, Jags. It's just fine. Um, I'm still going to say go Niners because we're in Victory Monday over here. Uh, So there you go. Yes, we recorded this on Monday. Just FYI, that's why I think it's Victory Monday. When you're listening to this on Tuesday, I don't want you to think I was confused by the days of the week. Uh, And that is what I have to say on that. All right, Steph, I will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye.